Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome. This is the program that we like to call Tawheed and the Creation, a program exploring the book, The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, uh, book six in a series of books authored by Badassali Mani, who joins us once again in studio. Badassali, Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and uh, greetings to all the listeners out there. Wa alaikum salam. And uh, Sally, tonight, inshallah, we will be continuing on this journey. Um, for the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been covering various uh, different topics all related to the Big Bang. And uh, we will obviously in future programs, inshallah, touch on the amazing human body aspect of the book. But uh, tonight we thought we'd like to summarize where we've been. As we always say, we've covered a lot of ground in the past couple of weeks. So it's good to take a step back and just kind of find our bearings in terms of what we have covered thus far. So tonight, inshallah, in starting and looking at what we have uh, covered we're dealing with the beginning of the world, the beginning of this universe, the creation of this universe. So, on that, with the beginning, where do we begin this evening, Shalom? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the best place to begin is at the beginning. <laughs> um, Muhammad Fasih, I think, a reminder to all of us, there was a time when there was absolutely nothing, and only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala existed and there was no creation whatsoever. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the universe by issuing an instruction for it to come into existence. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Kun. Kun be. And that was the beginning of time. The moment Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala issued the instruction, then time started. We're not going to go and repeat all of uh, the issues we mentioned around time. But shortly after time started, scientists have shown us how space actually formed out of the single intense spark of energy. Soon after that, tiny pieces of material subatomic matter smaller than atoms started appearing in the universe and we at the point where we've spoken about um, light as a source of energy and we've also spoken the about the importance of light as a carrier of information now if we put all of those things together um, in short the universe has started Time only started after that. Time didn't exist before. Space didn't exist before, but space also started now. And it started expanding, and we mentioned that it's expanding, and it's even expanding up until today. And now we have the appearance of these very, very small pieces of material from which the universe was formed, and there was nothing else, nothing else at that point in the history of the universe. 
So clearly, going back to what we've discussed earlier, this is scientific proof for something that Muslims have known for ages, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that the Creator brought this into being from absolutely nothing. Scientists can find nothing before this. Scientists say everything came from this, subhanAllah. So there was nothing before this began. And so definitely it tells us that there was a Creator, there was a catalyst for all of this to come into existence. Yes, I think logically, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that we must use our brains. The intellect is something that is very highly regarded. The brain, the ability to reason and logic is something that's very highly regarded in Islam. And we are compelled to use our logic. Now, if we use our logic, then nothing cannot create something. Nothing can, can only create nothing. Something must create something. So out of nothing, we required something that existed before. And only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala existed at the time when there was nothing in creation. So Allah as the creator did not have a beginning because if Allah did have a beginning, it means that Allah would have required somebody or something to bring Allah into existence. And that's one of the reasons why we say Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no beginning and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no end. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one who could bring something into existence when there was absolutely nothing. And the way Allah did it, Allah just said, Kun. And it was, Fayakun. So after Allah said, Kun, it then became, and time started running from that point onwards only. The voice of Budasan Imani, this is the program Tawheed in the Creation. This evening we are summarizing what we've covered in the last uh, couple of weeks as we've embarked on this journey with the book, The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body. And uh, this book is sixth in a series of books. We're going to go for a break. When we come back, we will continue. You're welcome to WhatsApp us 072-238-0712 if you'd like to comment on the show, if you'd like to ask questions, and uh, perhaps, inshallah, in future programs, uh, we may be able to uh, provide you with some answers or if you would like some clarity, you can also uh, ask us uh, on the WhatsApp line as well. Well, for now, time for the break. لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Welcome back to Tawheed and the Creation, uh, focusing on the book, The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, authored by Badasali Mani. And uh, what we're doing uh, tonight, we've uh, started off with just a summary of what we've been covering in the last uh, couple of weeks. And I think what I'd like to do now maybe is move in another direction, and that is uh, looking at this world, looking at this universe and the laws uh, the scientific laws that govern it, that life cannot be sustained without. So, but certainly, in talking about that, where do we begin? Well, we need laws and we need certain things that science 
refers to as the fundamental forces of nature. There are four fundamental forces of nature. I'll just quickly uh, mention them and then we'll give a brief explanation of what they are. Um, we have the force of gravity. There's only four. Let me say that these are the fu fundamental forces. Gravity, electromagnetism, and the strong and weak nuclear forces. There are no other fundamental forces. These forces came into existence right at the beginning of creation. They didn't exist, but right at the beginning in the history of our universe, after the, the time and space started, almost immediately after that came the emergence of these fundamental forces. The thing to remember, though, is that they didn't appear as four forces, which is what science um, have shown us. They appeared as a unified force. Now, unified, it means that all four forces were combined into one force called the unified super force. Now, for me, when I read this the first time, it sounded to me like they tried to explain to me how the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was manifesting itself at the material level. Um, these four forces uh, appeared as one force and then things happened shortly after that. Now, we've mentioned gravity, electromagnetism, and uh, the stronger and weaker nuclear forces. So those forces of gravity, it's still present in this world. We see how that is in use in, in this world. We see how electromagnetism is used in this world. But what about the stronger and the weaker forces of um, nuclear forces? The nuclear forces. How are those present in this world? Well, several things happened in fractions of a second immediately after the Big Bang. And the first thing that happened as far as the forces were concerned, so all four forces, forces were combined and called a unified super force. Then one force separated from that group of four and that was gravity. So gravity was the first force that separated from the unified superforce. Thereafter, a fraction, fraction of a second later, the other three forces also split out, uh, and then we add the four fundamental forces of nature. Gravity will touch on what gravity is. Electromagnetism will touch on what it is. But just in response to your question, the strong and weak nuclear forces we'll get a slightly better understanding if we start talking about atoms. Atoms don't exist. Why are we talking now? There's no atoms yet. There's only small pieces of material floating around in this dull, chaotic maze in the universe, and atoms have not been born yet. So once we get an idea of how atoms operate, they have an effect, the strong and weak, nuclear forces only act 
on the nucleus of atoms. I know it's starting to sound technical, um, but that, so we'll put those two aside for now and we look at the ones that we know a bit more about um, and that would be magnetism. We have some idea of what it is, but maybe just to touch on again. Um, and, and the other one would be uh, gravity. Now, I think magnetism is something that we are very familiar with. And as children, we explore that uh, in scientific experiments. When you get a broken set of headphones and you get the two magnets out of it, and you get such joy putting them together or sticking them to things. So uh, when we look at magnetism, obviously we understand the principle of bringing two magnets together. But what is the concept, the scientific concept of magnetism as scientists understand it? Magnetism is not just, magnets are not just toys. <laughs> um, and, and we'll come to how we use it in everyday life. But magnetism is one of the fundamental forces that the universe requires to operate. Uh, the Earth has, is in fact a giant magnet. It's at the North and the South Pole. Um, and other objects in the universe have similar magnetic qualities. And the universe uh, is built on this particular force that operates to control the behavior of the different objects that we have in the, the universe. But the force can be broadly explained as, you know, the, the key features of magnetism is like poles, Fasih, uh, like poles, mm -hmm. what do they do? They, they repel. They repel. repel. Opposite poles are, are attracted. Attract. Um, and, and, and that the children know, uh, you know, we know. But that very information of what makes like poles attract and what makes, sorry, what makes like poles repel and opposite poles attract and the force if you bring two magnets together it's mind-boggling if you bring this two magnets together with the same polarity and you feel this force you can't see it but it's there it's 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 it's, it's um, something that you can experience scientists can't explain what that is they can't explain what that is they don't know where it, it, what makes it behave in that particular way. They've tried to go back as far as they can, and they just say it came from this unified superforce right at the beginning. But that is a clear sign of the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how it is actually manifesting itself here in the material world. But strangely, we use that information, and now I also have to become a bit technical. Um, we don't realize it, but we actually use magnetism as a very important component of how computers operate and our cell phones operate. In fact, without magnetism, we wouldn't be able to store information the way we are storing it now, um, I don't want to go into a long uh, uh, explanation, uh, but except to say that computers 
and cell phones operate on the binary system. They use just ones and noughts and the thing is either one or naught and then combinations of that they use to store information. Um, and it can run into thousands of bits, millions of bits. So you get megabytes and gigabytes and terabytes. All of that information is just organizing bits of information which is either one or zero. And uh, from what I understand about that, as far as binary code is concerned, that is the language of computers. That's the language of the type of technology that we've developed where um, something is a combination of ones and zeros in certain sequences that make up even the music that you listen to on your computer or the picture you see on your screen. Or speech. Uh, or, this, or speech. It is basically a language that computers understand and are able to interpret. Yes, precisely. Um, I can see you're a technical person, Fasih. <laughs> um, that language is computer language, the same language, that, uh, it's digital information, uh, which is basically using just ones and notes. So, for example, just to take the word yes would maybe require, I'm not sure, I'm guessing now, uh, would require maybe a thousand bits to organize it in a particular way to give you the word yes. Now, can we think of how much information uh, we require to make up a picture of a person? You require millions of bits just for one picture of a person. And to make that person speak becomes even more and more and more and more the more information. If we think of how much information and all of it is just made up of ones and zeros or yes and no's and combinations of that make up all of this information. Now, where does that fit in with what we said about magnetism? They actually take the magnet, um, they take magnetic material and they organize it so that it is either as a North Pole or a South Pole. Um, and they organize it in a particular sequence on the material that they are using. Like if we use, um, in the old days, they used to use the uh, tape recording tape. Mm. Uh, nowadays they use discs. It's a piece of material with magnetic pieces on there that they organize in a particular way that represents the information that you want to record. And if you want to erase it, you just jumble up all the information again so that it's randomly organized. And the moment you want to put on information, then you put it in a particular sequence, either north or south, or south, south, north, north, south, but in a particular way. And that is then taken and gives you the information that you want on the other end. I know it's a bit technical, but very briefly, just to show it's a force that's out there to keep the universe together, but it's also a force that has also become almost absolutely essential in our everyday lives. Every single motor, 
uh, electric motor that we use, not not cars, but um, let me just think, cars. Uh, uh, in, in some instances, even cars, but motors generally, any electric motor works uh, basically on the use of magnetic energy. I'm thinking about washing machines. I'm thinking about, okay, for those of us who remember cassette decks also with electric motors in them, even uh, the CD tray in a computer has an electric motor as well. So this concept of magnetism is being used broadly and we're not even aware of it. Even the microphones we're speaking on now has a diaphragm connected to, in some way, a magnet as well. So, uh, subhanAllah, and the fact that this energy was created at the beginning of the universe and it's being harnessed on this dunya in so many different ways. SubhanAllah. Now Allah knew, Allah knows everything. Allah knew before there was even a universe, Allah knew that we would want to use microphones. Allah knew before we were even born that we are going to sit here in the studio and there will be people listening out there and Allah gave us all the things that we require in this universe and make use of it. And as we advance through the ages, this information is made available to us. Uh, but the, 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 the thing that we should recognize is the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right at the beginning of the creation of the universe that played such an important role in what will follow and then how that same force is actually being utilized even now in our everyday lives and right until the end of, of, of time. The voice of Badasani Mani, this is the program Tawheed and the Creation. We're exploring the book, The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, authored by Badasani. And uh, this evening, we've started with a summary of what we were speaking about in previous programs. And uh, we've moved on to looking at magnetism. And I think the next stop for us will be gravity. I think a force that we are very familiar with. Um, if you've ever dropped your phone and it's cracked, uh, <laughs> you can blame gravity for that, I think. Uh, that force at least. But nonetheless, uh, when we come back after the break, we will continue. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Welcome back to the program, uh, Tawheed and the Creation, exploring the book, The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, authored by Badasari Mani. As promised, we'll be dealing with the matter of gravity. Badasari, just give us a definition, a scientific definition of what gravity is, because I think all that we know is whatever goes up must come down. <laughs> <laughs> I must say there's something that goes up that never comes down, and that's my age. <laughs> <laughs> Um, gravity is an invisible force of attraction um, that exists between two or more objects. The larger the object, the stronger the pull or the effect on the other object. It's a relationship um, that exists be one, between one or more objects but it's an invisible force, like the, the magnetic force that we spoke about. You bring the two light poles together and you find them repelling and you can actually feel it. Or when you bring 
opposite poles together and you want to uh, pull them away, you can feel they tend to, to, to want to pull towards one another. That invisible force, uh, I can only see it as the actual manifestation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's extreme power. But gravity, the earth as 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 its gravity and we see how that operates at the level of the of how we experience things on the earth um as uh, you've said the uh, that you throw something up it will fall down but gravity is also the thing that keeps the planets that are orbiting the earth uh, the sun like the earth is orbiting the sun Gravity is that force that ensures that the orbit is maintained 100% or 200% if one can get 200% accurately so that it doesn't deviate from its actual position. Because if we just look at the sun alone, it has nine planets um, orbiting the sun. If anyone goes iota out of its orbit, it has an impact on the other planets and the relationship between the sun and the planets. It's something that gravity actually maintains. And amazingly, um, it's something that we've taken for granted. Um, but uh, it is a force that it just not uh, applicable to the planet Earth alone uh, in terms of things falling down uh, if you throw it up, but actually has to do about how the entire universe operates and this force is something that keeps things in that particular position and, 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 and creates the kind of order that we see in the universe. Now, Padasani, talking and pausing on gravity, uh, we have at many points during this program, we've looked to the Qur'an for inspiration in terms of understanding the laws of the world. And the Qur'an has been very detailed in explanation around matters pertaining to the Big Bang and all of those things. Is there an element that deals with the gravitational forces, that deals with <coughs> gravity in a sense, as perhaps explained in the Qur'an? The Qur'an is a book for all times. Um, there will be things that we'll be reading in the Qur'an now that we don't understand. And as our knowledge of the universe increases, we will start seeing that the Qur'an is in fact speaking about that as well. The Qur'an in verse 3640 says, each, and I quote, each swim along its own orbit referring to the celestial bodies, the sun and the moon. Now, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about an orbit of the sun and the moon, at the time, many, many years ago, people thought that the earth was flat and the sun never moved. Uh, it, 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 it had that one specific position. Today we find out that the sun is in an orbit of its own, the earth is in an orbit of its own, and the moon is in an orbit of its own. And yet the Quran spoke about that, and it's only in the past few uh, 
decades, I would say, that we have been able to uncover much of the information that the Quran has so accurately spoken about. So the fact that the Quran is, is divinely uh, inspired is something that can never be questioned, not even by those people who are foolish enough to say, uh, there are too many experiences that we have where the Quran accurately speaks about things that science have only discovered recently. And uh, on that note, uh, we are going to go for a break. When we come back, we will continue. Welcome to send us a WhatsApp, 072-238-0712, SMS us 47913. If you'd like to comment on what we've discussed, or if you have a question, or you'd like some clarity, you're welcome to send those WhatsApps. We may not answer those questions in uh, this program, but in future programs, perhaps we may uh, want to address those, inshallah. When we come back, we will continue. Stay tuned. لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Tawheed and the Creation. Looking at the book, uh, The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, authored by Butasali Mani. And uh, before the break, we were speaking about gravity and uh, um, a very interesting discussion. I think something we take for granted. And if we really reflect on these forces, Butasali, we begin to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us in terms of all the order that we see. Allah could have made this life so difficult for us, and yet Allah has made so easy alhamdulillah through these laws and alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah in this sense uh, i'd like to maybe explore the concept of where did the energy and power for this expansion of the universe come from where, where did this energy come from we spoke about the spark if i take a match and i light it i have to use kinetic energy in order to get that spark in order for the the match to burn so this something had to cause something else so when we talk about the energy for creating this whole chain reaction so to speak where did that come from what is most amazing is that scientists everyone who has been studying this topic of cosmology uh, people who have looked into the origin of the universe they've come to this conclusion that everything originated from a single intense spark of energy they say that was the beginning of the universe, but they also say, I'm talking about the scientists now, that no new energy was added to the universe. That original spark of energy contained all the energy that the universe required to start but also for its future existence was all contained in that original spark. Now, the fact that scientists have said that alone, for me, is almost, it almost sounds religious, <laughs> that they can acknowledge that that single spark contained all the energy that the universe required at its beginning but also throughout its entire life. 
What they say is that all the energy that was contained and is contained currently in the universe, that no new energy is added to it, and the energy that we have in the universe cannot also be destroyed. Um, they've come up with a law that they call the law of thermodynamics, and it states that no new energy or matter is added or subtracted from the universe. So, subhanallah, in that one single spark, we had every bit of energy that the universe required at the beginning, in the middle, right up until the end of the existence of the universe was all contained in that single spark. Now, if that doesn't make you a believer, you'll never be a believer. Subhanallah. And I think that is a profound statement, particularly because if we think about the massive amounts of energy generated by the sun, generated by the movement of the planets, uh, the massive amount of energy generated by the Earth's core, and all of those other aspects, energy that we exert every single day through our activities, we generate light energy through uh, the use of, of power plants. The human body itself generates energy. So all of that energy, the source of all of that energy in the entire universe was placed there, as we can say, contained, by, contained and, and, and put there by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to sustain this entire universe up until Qiyamah. Subhanallah, subhanallah, subhanallah. Yo, I, I, I think we must ponder deeply on that. Allah's greatness is demonstrated by what scientists have explained to us. We don't know it. They've actually gone to that extent where they have actually gone to prove that this whole universe came from this one single burst or spark of energy. And what a famous person, and we all know, probably if you talk about who was the most intelligent person uh, that we know of, then people say Albert Einstein. He was probably one of the most intelligent people, and he came up with a formula. Um, I'm not going to uh, bore you with, with, with too much detail, but you may have come across it. E is equal to mc squared, where E is energy, uh, m is mass, and c is the speed of light. And he said there's a direct relationship between energy and matter or ma the, the material that the universe is made up of. And the one can change into the other, but it cannot be destroyed. So the energy we had right at the beginning doesn't get less. It also can't get more. It's the same amount of energy that is contained. Albert Einstein has developed this formula uh, to explain to us how matter converts into energy and energy into matter uh, and that confirms that the energy is retained whether in its original form as energy or in the form of a transformed 
uh, instance where it becomes matter. But energy cannot be created. Energy cannot be destroyed. The energy that we had right at the beginning is the same energy that I'm using to speak here and that you are using, using to listen and for the dog to jump and make a noise outside there as well as for the stars and the moon and everything else to operate. That same energy is what powers this universe and it came from that original first spark that Allah created the universe from. SubhanAllah, I, I think then if we talk about that, so we say that matter can be converted to energy, energy into matter, but there's never a depletion in the resource of energy in this entire universe. Then if someone takes a piece of wood and they burn it up, so obviously there's, there's no weight to the wood, but what has been emitted was energy in the process of burning that wood. So then that energy then is placed in the universe as something, and then obviously that might be used and consumed as something, or then condensed into something else. But at the end of the day, whether it's transformed into a gas, whether it's transformed into a solid, the energy remains the same. And so nothing can ever be removed from the amount of power and the amount of energy that Allah has placed there. Nothing can be taken away from it and nothing can be added to it ever, ever, ever. It is complete in how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed it there. Subhanallah. So Allah as the creator has made sure nobody can touch or change what Allah has designed right at the very beginning. Now, if we, if we look and we ponder on, on this and we make the connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how great Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, that we have this energy that we now have a feel for, and we look at the four forces that keeps the universe together, all of that, the four forces, that power, that invisible power, was also contained in the first instruction when Allah said kun for the universe to, to come into existence it formed part of what was contained in the instruction for the universe to be and no other forces can be added to what is contained in the universe so Allah made the creation of the universe complete because Allah is perfect and Allah made that, made sure that everything that the world would require was contained in that original instruction for the universe to come into existence. That first part was all the energy, all the forces and everything else that the universe is going to require was contained in that. This then ties into one of the beautiful names of the 99 names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala where we understand that Allah subhanahu wa is the sustainer and here Allah is sustaining ecosystems, Allah is maintaining the balance and sustaining the balance of the universe and even the preservation of its energy, the preservation of all its forces uh, with ease, without any difficulty. Al-Mukit is a name that we're not very familiar with but it's one of the beautiful names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, we talk about Allah is the nourisher and the sustainer of the universe. Uh, but Allah is also preserves and maintains and the guardian. All of these names uh, can be understood as what the name Al-Mukit actually refers to. And it's a very, very significant name. I suppose one could say 
uh, Al-Khalik, uh, the creator, also links into that, and one could later on, when time allows, we'll speak on the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and give a, a, a more elaborate understanding of these things. But the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah says we must get to know the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order not just to recite it, but in order to get to know the attributes and the abilities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if you look at this name, then that name, the sustainer, nourisher, preserver, maintainer, and the garden, guardian of the universe covers to a large extent uh, all the functions that would be required to anyone who is in control of the universe because things will become extremely chaotic random, unpredictable, and unsustainable if you didn't have a creator that ensured that there was power, there were the necessary forces, the necessary regulation and organization for the universe. Because if you look at all the different bits and pieces that the universe is made up of, not only in the sky, but even on earth, then you can actually see this universe is not able to function without Al-Mukid. The voice of uh, Butasar Imani and uh, this program is of course uh, Tawheed and the Creation. Butasar, shukran so much. It's been a fantastic uh, discussion this evening. I think, uh, subhanAllah, uh, reflecting on what we have. It's food for thought, most definitely, and perhaps, inshallah, it helps us to appreciate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more in understanding the greatness of this creation and the ease with which Allah has created and may Allah grant that it increase our iman and influences our taqwa, inshallah. Ameen. Inshallah. I just want to make a, 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 a last comment, and that is that if we understand how great Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, when we say from now on, Allahu Akbar, then we must take this information when we look at the universe and the greatness of Allah. So that when we say Allahu Akbar, that it actually has more meaning and that it impacts on our hearts, inshallah. May Allah make it easy for all of us to benefit from this Amen. now and in future, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And uh, this has been the program, Tawheed and the Creation, uh, looking at the book, The Big Bang, The Amazing Human Body, authored by Budasani Mani. And if uh, you would like a copy, we don't have very many of these books, but if you would like a copy, if you're really interested in this concept, do hit us up on WhatsApp and perhaps, inshallah, we might be able to distribute one or two books, inshallah, ameen. This focuses on the creation, it focuses on the human body, and uh, this all in the way of helping us, inshallah, to build our iman, inshallah, ameen. Well, till I speak to you again, I bid you assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. And uh, have a fantastic evening further.